and welcome to this week's episode of Reading the Bible is Easy-ish. I am the co-host for this week, Harrison Witzel. Hogan Brock is away, but we'll be back soon. This week, we have Christian Smith with us. Uh, Christian, thanks for being here. Um, Christian, what? tell us a little bit about, about your background, your ministry. What What is it that you do? Harrison, thank you for having me, man. It's, it's, uh, it's good to see you. So part of my background is that you and I went to school together. That's right, yeah. Uh-huh. We went to seminary together, so that's that's the the connection here, and I'm really uh, uh, grateful for you having me on. Uh, I am a pastor, author, uh, clothier, stylist, podcaster. Doing I wear a number of different hats. I would wrap all those up with the title cultural curator. Uh, I take I take bits of cultural content and I interpret and organize and then present them. Uh, in order to benefit people who I work with, whether it's in the area of faith and spirituality or fashion and style, that's that's just what I do. Um, so uh, in this particular context, talking about reading the Bible is the easiest. I think the aspect of what I do that applies most to this is um, my theological framework, greatest commandment theology. And I think as we get into this conversation, we'll see how pervasive greatest commandment theology is in all of my biblical reading. So I'm excited to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So Christian and I, we went to uh, McAfee School of Theology together um, in Atlanta. Christian, I think the first time I met you was um, at a CBF event when Faith Community, uh, when y'all were kind of getting started um, here here in, in Tucker, uh, which is where I lived here for a time. Um, yeah. So, so we've known each other a few years and, and kind of connected in a few different ways, but uh, appreciate you being here. And um, I'm excited to hear how uh, Greatest Commandment Theology is going to connect with our passage this week. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about um, how you read the Bible um, and, and when you read the Bible, what tools um, do you use uh, when you engage with the text? Sure. So I read the Bible through a lens of the Greatest Commandment. So um, my theology is rooted in what Jesus says uh, in Matthew 22, beginning at verse 34, going through about verse 40. He says, everything in the law uh, hinges on love God, love your neighbor as yourself. So when I read scripture, I ask the question, how does the greatest commandment apply here? And then that helps me to interpret what I'm reading. Um, how does this text either... Uh, lead me towards or pull me away from loving God and how I love my neighbor as myself. And that helps me to determine whether this particular text I'm reading is prescriptive for my life, meaning it prescribes a way for me to relate to God, my neighbor and creation and myself. Or if it's not prescriptive, it may just be descriptive of how the people in the text connected to and related to God, neighbor, creation, and self. Uh, and the tools I use are generally just that framework is what rattles around in my head. I use some of the resources on uh, BibleGateway.com just to kind of see what, some of, what are some of the other commentators saying about these texts. Uh, and a lot of times the way I see the text pushes against what a lot of commentaries uh, say. And I use, a, um, I use the Greek and Hebrew concordance on BibleHub.com. I use a lot of free resources, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I, you know, I utilize some of the resources that I've held on to from seminary. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I feel like I've learned from you um, and that I appreciate is, you know, this greatest commandment 
lens that you that you use is the the awareness that everybody has a lens when they read scripture. We all have no nobody reads every verse of scripture the same way. We all interpret right. it when we read. We all have these kind of different things, and the the benefits and the strength of being aware of those lenses and being able to name them um, because they're there for all of us. I think there's a a danger to to not being aware of those, and so I, I appreciate you. Um, you know, talking about that and, and having a name for it so that you can point to it and describe it. Um, Cause I think that can be really helpful um, for folks as they read the Bible and as they connect with one another to be able to name the lenses that they bring with them. Cause we all bring them. It's just whether or not we're aware of those. So I, I really appreciate that about, about your ministry um, and the work that you do. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, and I totally agree with you. It's very dangerous because many people read through a lens and they think it's God's lens. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the only way this particular text is supposed to be read. And that's how we get into a lot of harmful practices rooted in our theology. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So as is our practice, we are going to read a passage this morning uh, with no uh, prior preparation. Um, We're going to keep following along with the lectionary. Um, And so this coming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Um, And so we're going to be reading from Acts chapter two, which tells that story of Pentecost with the early church. So Christian um, has said that uh, we're going to read from the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, for our text this morning. So I will read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. I'll set a timer for five minutes, um, and Christian and I will engage with the text um, for those five minutes and those five minutes only um, um, before we we wrap things up. So here is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard, heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, and Arabs, and In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
All right, Christian, so I'm going to set our timer for five minutes. All right, Yikes. so what, do you, what did you hear? What, what's the first thing that you kind of kind of grabs your attention from that passage? Uh, the, the first thing that grabbed my attention was being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And what, what does that mean? What does that look like in our context? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a good question. And, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So my, my approach to looking at any text is I always start with just asking questions. Mm. So I, in, in these five minutes, I probably won't have any answers. I have nothing but questions for the yeah. text. Like, yeah, that's great. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they started speaking in different languages. Like, so what does that look like for us? Because we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. today. So what is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Um, and I think it, it looks different in, in different cultural contexts. And I think that's something to, to explore in this yeah. text. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, one of the things that I hear in this is just the, what Peter's, Peter's sermon here, um, when he's quoting from Joel, just the, the, the power of it, um, how he's not, I mean, he's coming in pretty strong, you know, that he, he's coming in with confidence, um, quoting the scripture. He's not coming in saying, um, you know, being meek at all, you know, these, these people, the, the disciples, Peter at this point have gone through a lot in the past two months of their lives, you know, with, with the death of Jesus, the resurrection, you know, that time when Jesus was among them and then the ascension, just to still have the confidence that he does um, is impressive to me um, as he, as he preaches this first sermon to, to this group of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, I feel like the, the resurrection of Jesus, or at least the story of the resurrection really galvanized his followers mm -hmm to to go out with that type of confidence because I, I mean they felt like they had the whole world behind them i mean yeah. their leader was resurrected from the dead and now resides in heaven with god and as god so like we can go do anything at this point we can speak mm -hmm. with power wherever we go i'm really intrigued though uh by by peter's statement that you know they're not drunk it's nine o'clock in the morning like <laughs> You've obviously never been to breakfast with bottomless mimosas <laughs> on, yeah. on vacation, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I do love, I do love that it's, you know, not, we're not drunk because, you know, how could we be drunk? We're men of the church, but it's, we're not drunk. Do you know what time it is? Like, not yet. <laughs> you know, that, that seems to kind of be what he's going for. It's not yet. Um, yeah. Also, Peter. I'm interested, I'm interested in this, this quote from Joel with, you know, it says, um, my sons and daughters shall prophesy. And so, I, you know, I love the inclusion there. Um, but as Peter is kind of, you know, Pentecost, the opening of the new church, there's still this, um, in verse 18, even upon my slaves, both men and women, and those that I shall pour out my spirit. And so, again, we have this kind of continuation in the scripture of enslaved people as a part of the movement, but still enslaved people there, there's still not liberation um and so you know with with the inclusion of men and women we have a form of equality um but the you know the enslavement and the institution of, of slavery continues on into the early church and you know there are all these moments where so many walls are broken down and, and, and liberation is announced but that institution remains kind of untouched uh through the bible and even even on this on this day of, of uh pentecost and to see it as a part of it still um, is it's interesting and challenging yeah that's one hell of a topic to unpack 
uh, talking about slavery and scripture and the many ways it presents itself. Because uh, I know in my personal context as a as a black man in America, when I when I deal with black people on the issue of biblical authority, they really struggle with conversations about slavery because all they want to do is rationalize it. Like, oh, mm. slavery in the Bible is different from what we went through. And we, we don't sit and take the time to really look at the similarities between the two because we only want to focus on the differences. Yeah. So every time I see slavery in a text, like even here, I thought about it just like you did. Like, hmm. I wonder what that looked like in that context. Yeah, yeah. So with our with our remaining seconds here, uh, greatest commandment. How how does the greatest greatest commandment theology lens impact your reading of this of this passage? Oh man! Immediately, I think about all of those different people groups that were mentioned who came together and were included in one place. And to me, that's just greatest commandment all day because. Mm-hmm. Greatest commandment is about loving your neighbor as yourself. And when Jesus says that, he's talking about your fellow human. He's not talking about the the person in your culture group or in your family or the people that you like. When he when he uh, tells that story in another gospel, um, he talks about the Samaritan. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the story Jesus uses to paint the picture of neighbor. Somebody who's in an opposing culture group is your neighbor. So to see that play out here with all these people coming together and being in one place on one accord is about as great as commandment as you can get. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. Um, so our time is up. That's that's five minutes. Um, as you as you alluded to, there's so much in this passage, and you know, with it being um, the Spirit coming on and 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 Peter's sermon and, and all of this, I think we could we could go on through this uh, for a while longer. But absolutely, that's the time. So. So if you're going to revisit this text this week, if you're going to dig a little bit deeper here, where, where are you going? Where, what's next for you when you think about this passage? Oh, if I'm going to dig into this text, which I, I probably should, because right now my church is doing um, a series on salvation. Mm-hmm. I would probably look in here to, to, see, where I, to see where I can e- extract um, connections to our salvation model in our churches. Okay, yeah. Like where where might I see salvation in this text? Since we're in the middle of a series on salvation and Pentecost Sunday is coming, what's the connection between the two? Mm-hmm. It's probably where I'll dive in further. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think for me, this is the third week in a row that we've gone through a passage that discusses the the evidence for what it looks like for a person to be filled with the spirit. What is, what does that mean? What does that look like? And, and you talked about, you know, the evidence here is they're speaking in a, in a variety of languages all at once, um, which is evidence that I have never witnessed, um, but there's right. you know, an account of here. And so I, I am interested at looking more into um, what is the evidence of, of a spirit filled life um, for us today? And what does that look like in our culture, in our context, as we talked about, I think that deserves um, more exploration and, and more time. Um, so Christian, uh, Tell us, tell us a little bit about where, where can folks connect with your ministry? Um, where can they hear a little bit more from you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. ChristianASmith.com. That's uh, K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. ChristianASmith.com is where you can find out pretty much anything you want to find out about me. Um, the uh, P-Square Custom Clothiers, my clothing company, the faith community, my church, 
Holy Smoke Cigars and Spirituality, my podcast and movement. You can order my book, Breaking All the Rules, everything. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah. ChristianASmith.com is where you can find all of it. It'll connect you to pretty much everything that's going on with me, including my social media outlets. Yeah, and I encourage folks to do that. Um, Faith Community, uh, the church that Christian's pastor of, they do a lot on Facebook and have a lot of different groups and topics that they address um, and, and videos and conversations. So a lot of great places to, to jump in. And if you've enjoyed the conversations we've been having on this on this podcast and video series, I, I really do encourage you to, to pick up this book, Breaking All the Rules by Christian. Um, he does a great job of walking through greatest commandment theology and discussing um, reading the Bible and um, it's been really beneficial for me. I've, I've used it teaching classes already. Um, and so I, I highly encourage people to, to check it out. Um, so Christian, thank you so much for joining us. It was great to have you um, for everybody watching and listening. Thank you for joining us once again for reading the Bible is easy-ish. We hope to see you next week and we hope that you go through this week continuing to engage with the scriptures um, and remembering that um, it can be easy-ish. So thanks everybody. Thank you.